Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The ABCs of the gospel have become the landing pad for each and every edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update. Pastor J.D. has been stirred by the Lord to make use of this short time that we have. At the close of today's Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. will share with us exactly how to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 2nd. 2018. Now, I'm keenly aware that there are many for whom Bible prophecy is somewhat new. So, and that's okay. In fact, that's a good thing in some ways. If you'll kindly allow me, I want to briefly connect the geopolitical dots with Scripture, and I'll do so very uh, simply. But the first is this alliance of Russia, Iran, and Turkey with other nations vis-a-vis Syria, which are prophecies in Ezekiel 38 and Isaiah 17. Let's talk about Isaiah 17, especially given the breaking news that took place last night, early this morning. Isaiah 17.1 basically is a prophecy concerning Damascus. Damascus. And it's that it will become a ruinous heap, a pile of rubble, so much so that it will be uninhabitable. In other words, something is going to happen that will so devastate Damascus, where all of them are and where all of this is happening, that it will reduce Damascus to this uninhabitable city that has become a ruinous heap. That's Isaiah 17.1. Now, Ezekiel 38, I believe, will take place subsequent to the fulfillment of Isaiah 17.1. And here's how I get there. We're told that from the north, this alliance of nations, Russia, Iran, and Turkey, the Sudan, Ethiopia, you have to understand that the ancient names do not represent the boundaries and the borders as we understand them today, looking at a modern day map. So these nations mentioned in Ezekiel 38 by their ancient names have at the forefront, at the helm of this alliance of nations, Russia, Iran, and Turkey. What are they going to do? Oh, uh, God is going to put a hook in their mouth and bring them against Israel for the purpose of taking from Israel that which Israel today possesses. And they're going to come from the north via Syria. And the border there, and I don't have the map there, but The border there in the Golan between Israel 
and Syria. Another prophecy that we see now beginning to come to pass is Zechariah 12. Zechariah 12 is a very specific prophecy about how God himself is going to make Jerusalem the intoxicating obsession of the entire world. In other words, the the whole world is going to be obsessed with and focused on the dividing of Jerusalem under the banner of this so-called two-state solution with Jews and Palestinians living side by side in peace and security. You'll forgive my cynicism, but maybe I need to say it again. This two-state solution is Hitler's final solution repackaged because they have no intention of having a state with Israel, peace with Israel. They want the destruction of Israel. This brings me to another storm. It turned into a Twitter storm. you got to love Twitter. And it happened from my tweets about Hurricane Lane turning into a tropical storm. This is what I tweeted last Tuesday, the 22nd. Please pray that God, as only He can, redirects Hurricane Lane away from the islands by His mighty and merciful hand. This is a very big storm, but God is infinitely bigger. Hashtag, this was my first mistake, if you want to call it that. Hashtag Hurricane Lane. Wow. Little did I know that according to the Twitter stats, there would be almost 150,000 impressions and over 10,000 engagements, many of which were too vile and even blasphemous to ever repeat, and certainly not from behind this pulpit. I mean, things about God created it in the first place. You pray to an imaginary God. This is laughable. What are you drinking? What are you smoking? God is a woman. I mean, seriously, it was just blasphemous. There was one in particular that really uh, hurt. One guy commented and said, this dude needs to pray that God redirects his hairline. That really hurt me bad. (laughs) No, I'm serious. That was... That got a little personal. (laughs) Don't look at my hairline. (laughs) I mean, just vicious. Just vicious. So, I tweeted again (laughs) the next day. And I said, we canceled tonight's midweek Bible study and the Operation Christmas Child packing parties tomorrow and Saturday. We'll update you concerning Sunday morning services as soon as possible. This is last Wednesday. Please continue to pray that hashtag Hurricane Lane weakens and goes west away from the islands. Oh my goodness. The mockers continued to mock. The scoffers continued to scoff and became even more and more blasphemous. 
but God, as only he can, started not only redirecting the storm, but weakening the storm from a Category 5 hurricane to a mere tropical storm that only brought rain to Oahu. So, I went back to Twitter. (laughs) 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 On Saturday, I tweeted this. So thankful to all who prayed that God would weaken and redirect hashtag Hurricane Lane as it's now barely even a tropical storm and is turning west away from the islands. And I put this picture, you can see it there on the screen, of our church parking lot. (laughs) It's already starting to dry up. Please continue to pray for the Big Island and Maui. So I tweeted it, and I waited. Nothing. No, nothing conspicuously silent. (laughs) Ah, just silence on the part of the mockers and a sanctified satisfaction on the part of the tweeter with his receding hairline. (laughs) (laughs) Here's why I wanted to share this. The Lord ministered to me that this is exactly how it will be when he has the final word. He will shut the mouths. And it wasn't so much that God did it. And by the way, you want to talk about the power of God's people when they pray. You know, I was uh, watching the news, and I don't mean to be disrespectful. Just hear me out, okay? You know, the... um, Mayor, all the, you know, lawmakers, they get up there and they do their press conferences and say, we dodged a bullet. I'm sorry. Maybe it's just me. We didn't dodge a bullet. God made that hurricane miraculously and instantly disintegrate. Thank you. Yes. This is why my wife doesn't want me to have TVs in front of me, because I just yell at them. No. God heard our prayer and moved his mighty hand. We were not. Did you see the hole? I mean the... I'm going to... That thing was headed right for us on Oahu. A direct hit, Category 5. Are you kidding me? And then God's people pray, oh God, be merciful. Weaken it, and he did. Redirect it, and he did for his glory. And they say nothing. They say nothing. Can I just have one more... Just indulge me. <laughs> just, I just want to bask. Oh, I love it when God does that. Again, it wasn't so much 
that he did it. It was how he did it. So interesting. I, I started looking into it and researching because I heard on the news they were talking about wind shear. So I found this popular science article about how Hurricane Lane fell apart, quoting popular science, in, I love this word, spectacular fashion. <laughs> oh, we have a spectacular God, don't we? Well, here's how it happened. It rapidly, rapidly weakened in the face of this wind shear. Again, I'm still quoting to become a disorganized tropical storm, mainly producing heavy rain. Oh, that's how God did it. Interesting. Again, quoting popular science. Wind shear, and I love the choice of words here, ate away at the storm, ate away (laughs) at the storm on Friday, decoupling its thunderstorm. And this caused the storm to rapidly collapse in just a couple of hours. Is it just me or did God, when God does things, he can just do it like that? And he did. He did. (laughs) Can I just brag on God just one more time? I know I said that last time. But they go on to say, this caused the storm to rapidly collapse in just a couple of hours, leaving it ragged and disorganized, a far cry from the monstrous Category 5 hurricane it was just a couple of days prior. I would suggest that so too will the coming prophetic storm and it is coming, encounter the power of a wind shear (laughs) of sorts from the hand of Almighty God, and it will cause it to rapidly collapse, and it will be destroyed. Can you just give me a couple more minutes? Don't look at your watch, please. (laughs) This is what happens when I'm not in the pulpit for a couple of weeks. I have one thought on these two funerals for two people considered American icons, Senator John McCain and Aretha Franklin. So yesterday, as I'm preparing today's prophecy update, and this I think was on uh, Friday as well, I'm watching these uh, services, and... I noticed what I knew I would notice as all of the services for famous people. I noticed this common theme. And the common theme was that the deceased is in heaven. And We're all going to be reunited because we're all going to go to heaven. Wait. Is that true? No, it's not. That's false. Here's the truth. In John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus said, unless you're born again, 
you will not see, let alone enter, the kingdom of God. Now, please, I'm not suggesting that John McCain, or certainly Aretha Franklin, who was known for her gospel music early on, growing up in the church, I'm not suggesting that they weren't born again or did not surrender their lives to Christ before leaving this world. That's not my point. My point is this, that there's always this canned response at times like this that, oh, they're in a better place. How do you know? Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll be reunited with them. Here, here's one, and this one is a, is a toughie, and please, I, I, I hope you, you, you don't misunderstand my heart here, but what really grieves my heart is when people say, oh, they're looking down and they're smiling at you. No, they're not. Are you... First of all, if they were looking down, they wouldn't be smiling. Are you kidding me? If they could see. And then, of course, you have the other things like, oh, they've, they're angels now. No, they're not. We're higher than angels. We don't become angels. This is just simply not true. There's going to be a lot of very bad people in heaven. And I'll be at the front of that line. And don't look at me all spiritual, because you'll be close behind me in that same line. There's going to be a lot of good people in hell. The litmus test by which we're granted access into heaven is not how good we were or how good we were not. The only way that you and I can get into heaven is to be born again of the Spirit of God. And the only way that you and I can be born again of the Spirit of God is when the Spirit of God comes to indwell you and seal you for that day of redemption. And the only way the Holy Spirit will come inside you and indwell you and even come upon you is when you accept Jesus Christ and his payment for your sin on that cross. That's the only way. Those are the only ones that will be granted access into heaven. This is why we, at the end of every prophecy update, share the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth and also to the Thessalonian church, basically summed it up this way. This is the gospel. And by the way, the word gospel means good news. Your debt has been paid. Your penalty has been paid. You're free to go. That's what the word gospel means. So here's the good news. Jesus came. He died on that cross. He was buried. And he rose again on the third day. And he's coming back one day to take us out of this world in what's known as the rapture of the church. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Now here's the thing. What are we going to do with that? What are we going to do? What is our response to the gospel of Jesus Christ? How can I go to heaven? Oh, it's ABC simple. 
The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you need the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born in Adam, which is why we all need to be born again in the final Adam, Jesus the Christ. Romans 6.23 packages, in a way, the bad news with the good news. Here's the bad news first. The wages of sin is death. Perhaps better said, the death penalty. That's the wage of sin. That's what we deserve. That's bad news. The death penalty. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the good news. It's a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, we are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone could boast that they earned it somehow. No, it's a gift freely given and freely received. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. It's very important. He had to defeat death to defeat the death penalty, to pay in full our death penalty. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. The C is for call upon the name of the Lord or confess with your mouth. This is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And I don't know if you can get any... More simple, I know that's probably not proper English sentence structure, but I don't think it can be simpler. Is that better? Probably not. Oh well. Then Romans 10, 13. This is how simple, childlike simple it is. Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Here's how simple it is. And I want you to notice this word all. All. Because all have sinned. Fallen short of the glory of God, all who call upon the name of the Lord will, not might, not could, not should, will be saved. You know, for me, it was uh, 36 years ago when I called upon the name of the Lord. I fell asleep praying, and I woke up the next morning, and I was a new creation in Christ, never looked back. And that was 36 years ago. Maybe that's you here today. If it is, I would implore you. Today is the day of your salvation. Call upon the name of the Lord. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.